This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich. How are we this morning? Well, the eve of the first home game of the new season. I am in a very, very good mood. Isn't it nice? These I do enjoy these uh, Friday uh, conversations before the game. It uh, puts me in a good mood for the weekend. I know. So, I mean, they used to kind of put us in a, I think last season, in a bit of like a down mood before the weekend. It was kind of like the storm before actually what was set to take place. But now it's a... Now I'm loving life. It, it, it's great being a Swindon Town fan. It's great being a Swindon Town journalist at the moment as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and long may that continue. Before we go into the presser, well, there was a... Uh, Clem Fooney was on the campaign trail, it seemed, yesterday. I didn't know whether he wanted me to buy a season ticket or if he wanted me to vote for him in the next by-election. But it <laughs> it seemed to be a very successful day for him. Yeah, Clem, Clem on tour. Hashtag Clem on tour, wasn't it, yesterday? He, he went around... Seven different locations of Swindon, starting at Dom Rogers Sports um, in the town centre. It was a really good, well, at the end of the day, it was a marketing ploy by the club. But it was it was a great chance for Clem to get out and kind of socialise even more with fans, which he's done so, so far. Um, and also kind of promote the season tickets and the race to 6,000 season tickets that they're actually selling. So, yeah, I was down there at Dom Rogers in the morning. I did a quick video interview with Clem Morfuni himself and then... Um, also, just new CEO Rob Angus as well, and it was great to get their views on a little bit about the season ahead, and also also meet Clem because it was my first time meeting Clem, and uh, yeah, he's from an owner's point of view, he 
he, he just seems like a fan of the club, which is obviously a brilliant thing as well. Was it a decent turnout? Yeah, it was a decent turnout. I mean, I got there at about half nine in the morning um, and there were fans already queuing up outside the shop. Um, and then as the morning went on, we got to around 10 o'clock. That's when Clem kind of started taking pictures of fans and it was a, there was a... There was a good queue form, and he was doing lots of different pictures, and then it was on to media duty. So myself, uh, some of the local media outlets, and then the likes of Sky and ITV were there as well. So, yeah, it was a really big turnout. I, I seen pictures from the rest of the day. I didn't make it around all the other uh, venues from the rest of the day, but from what I hear, it was a great turnout. And I loved your um, little tweet that you put out last night about Clem selling a fan of season mm-hmm. ticket <laughs> because he certainly. No matter what he taps on that keyboard, he didn't, he didn't really know what he was doing, but you know, no. God loves a try. No, yes, indeed. Um, I think his uh, acting skills might need to improve when it comes to uh, selling um, match day tickets or season tickets. But, but fair play to him in the sense that, you know, this is clearly not his comfort zone. Um, you know, when you hear him talk, he does go into that. So not autopilot, but he knows he's been told what he's got to say. I, I genuinely believe he, he believes it, but you can see that this isn't his thing. His thing is not to be the person in the front of this sort of uh, marketing drive. And of course, he goes to Australia again soon. Yeah. So he'll disappear and it will become the Rob Angus show. And that's when, you know, football, the football club sort of becomes normal again, I would say. Yes, it, it clems back to Australia at the start of September. Um, so he'll be heading back there. He was actually set to head back to Australia yesterday. Um, but he said he needed to stay for the first game of the season, so he postponed his trip. But like you said, you can tell that he, he, even though he is in the limelight a lot at the moment, he's on he's on various uh, media channels. He's obviously take, all over Twitter on the hashtag SCFC, getting pictures with fans and at games. Um but it's not it's not his comfort zone, and you can tell that. And that's that's probably even a bigger credit to him getting out there because at the end of the day, whether you want to glamorise or not, Clem Morphin is an Australian plumber that started his own business and isn't used to having all this media attention. Suddenly, it's one big kind of media drive in his way, and I have to say he's taken it very well. And he might be a bit reserved when he speaks on camera on the radio at times, but he's a I, I genuinely believe he's he loves this club, and wants him to do well. Let's talk about football because that's what we're all here for. So we have a huge game, symbolically, I would say, um, this weekend. Carlisle United, uh, I guess it could be anyone, to be honest, um, from the best team in the world to a tier 10 team. It's just that moment where Swindon Town fans can return en masse to the county ground. Here's hoping for a good turnout. But it's been a long time since I've I've read such a feel-good vibe within the fan base. Yeah, tomorrow's first home game in the League 2 season against Carlisle. And with the hype that's being created, no no offence to League 2, but you wouldn't think it's a fourth division game, you know. The, the amount of hype that's being built around this game, you, you'd think that Swindon are certainly playing in a higher, higher division. But there's so much good vibes going out there at the moment. It's where You kind of summarised it a minute ago where you said, you know, let's talk about football because we're talking about everything apart from the actual team and and what we're expecting tomorrow on the pitch it, it, it's a, it's a great feeling to be involved in and uh you know I, regardless of if we if we get to the 10,000 mark of, of fans turnout in attendance tomorrow it's going to be just a brilliant sight to see so much red in the crowd of course fans being urged to wear red and and such a raucous atmosphere because you know it, with 800 that there were at Scunthorpe just think of you know 8,000 there tomorrow it's going to be brilliant and, and and I can't wait to be there as well 
Yeah, and of course, the Great Western Reds have uh, created a TIFO for the Don Rogers stand for this one with uh, the assistance of the Trust and the Supporters Club. But I gotta say, in my mind, we have a record of losing games when the uh, when the TIFOs come out. Um, <laughs> definitely Oxford, definitely uh, Forest Green Rovers. Um, I can't I can't remember others, but. Um, and of course, the Preston game too. So love their endeavour, love their final product. Just hope the club can provide a result. Of course, that's 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 what will matter this season. What, like you said, once one kind of goes back to Australia and it's left more in the hands of, of Rob Bangus, of course, Ben Garner and the team, that will be the entire focus because at the end of the day, no matter what, what goes on outside the club, it's the performance that really matter on the pitch the most. So... It's going to be a big occasion for them. I, I think there will be nerves from Swindon Town to players because they're back. They've gone a whole season, a whole season and a half, really, without having any fans in the ground. And suddenly it's this whole new change and this probably an atmosphere that some of the players that have played there previously won't have heard before. But let's not forget, you know, we had a great win away at Scunthorpe, Chris Beaches, Carlisle side. They endured a, a goalless draw against Colchester United. But Carlisle are going to be a good team this season and, and they're going to be a dangerous team as well. So it's certainly not going to be anything easy. Before we get to your questions, what what were the key points? BBC Wiltshire, they, they kind of spoke a little bit. It wasn't as long as they normally go, and a little bit about injuries, touched on recruitment. Um, and also, obviously, you can expect that the big aim was having fans back tomorrow and the energy that this is going to, to be there tomorrow. We'll touch on injuries a little bit because I know some fans, especially after the midweek cup game with certain players left out, they maybe were worrying about the likes of Dion Conroy, Ken Kessler-Hayden and Ben Gladwin, but I can confirm that Conroy, Kessler-Hayden and Gladwin are all okay um, and they will be involved tomorrow. The likes of Akin Odomeo is fine to play. Matthew Boudry still having some late assessment done on his hamstring, uh, but other than that, it is only Jordan Lydon who is set to be out tomorrow. Um, ben Garner did give a lot of respect to Carlisle heading into tomorrow's game. He spoke about how they, they did have a really good season last year. Um, so they're certainly going to look to build on that and earn promotion. And they had a tough cup game against Sheffield United. But from anyone that's not maybe read the match report or, or seen any clips and that, they did they actually look quite good against Sheffield United. Um, and even against Colchester in that goalless draw for the Eriffman game of the season, they, they had plenty of chances. Um, that's really the main points that, that Ben Garner started to touch on, of course. It was really nice to see that he's kind of getting behind Clemofini and he's almost taken aback by the energy of the owner of the club. He, he, he described it as the energy Clemofini gives supporters is incredible. He's delivering on his promises. Um, and then he touched on how they're really looking forward to the atmosphere and having fans back supporting the team because he wants to play a style of football that is going to make fans want to come back and be a part of something special this season. It's it's very easy to get carried away right now. I must say I'm still quite grounded. I'm still take every week as it comes as a Swindon Town fan. Um, but I'm not going to begrudge anyone for having an absolutely great time over the last few weeks. It's been really great to see. Let's talk about the lineup in your opinion, because you want my opinion. I think there'll be one change. Baldry will go out. Critchlow will go in and it will be the same as the Scunthorpe apart from that. Would you agree? Yeah, you kind of, you kind of took the words out straight out of my mouth. Yeah, I think that it'll be Critchlow will come in for Baldry. Um, I think Critchlow, when he has got minutes under his belt, especially the other night, I think he looked like a good player. He's certainly highly rated as well. Um, so I, I do believe it. That'll be pretty much just the same lineup. I can't I can't believe there'll be much change um, going in there. Of course, you know we ha- we have signed some players since that game, um, but I would imagine that you know why why change something that works? Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. So what was the chat on the uh, on the recruitment front? Because this week was a quiet week, only one signing, which given our recent history is is not a lot. And that was old Ricky, surname I'm still not comfortable trying to pronounce, who signed from Worthing. Um, what, what was the word? Well, it was actually a very quiet word on recruitment from, from Ben Garner. You know, we, we have been told that Ben Garner is not wanting to speak about recruitment too much in these pretty much press conferences at the moment. But of course, as a as a club involved in an active transfer window, you understandably are going to get questioned about it. So there was certainly some questions out there. However, Ben Garner kind of just summarised with it. We're really happy with the recruitment. Um, he's over the moon, actually, because every target that Ben Garner has wanted and identified so far, along with Ben Chorley, it, the club have been able to bring in, whether that be on a, a one-year permanent deal or a loan deal from, from, a, from a different club. Um, he spoke about how at this moment in time, he doesn't want a big squad, which has kind of been this recurring theme throughout preseason and the start of the season. However, he does want to bring in a couple more players, um, but he spoke about how they've got time to now assess the squad. They've got enough there at the moment that he feels he can make change and put out a competitive starting eleven every single time, but he wants to assess the squad and, and perhaps look to bring in some more loan players uh, at the end of the window. Yeah, we've got two more places that we can fill in the loan market and then after that we're doing the age-old game of having too many loan players and not being able to put them in the squad which I hope they don't do I think that'll be a, sorry I think that'll just be a, a, a good thing though because I don't feel that Ben Garner is going to try and overfill those loan players because you look at even the Richie Wellens tenure we had season after season where we were typically having to leave out one loan player from the match day squad so I don't think that'll be the case with Ben Garner I think he's happy with the permanent deals he's done and also it'll only be Probably a maximum of, of, of two more players, I'd say, that are going to be going be coming in this transfer window. As loan players, yeah, as loan players, I'd imagine. Yeah, 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 and and that's that's the way it should be. Um, I think what's happening now, Ryan, is we are very much in the standard part of um, the transfer window where we've got about just over two weeks left, I think. And they've obviously got a target, especially when you think about um, attacking options, yeah. and they've just got to sit it out until until the club that they're pursuing the player from sorts themselves out it's like the chain when you when you purchase a house isn't it definitely we know we know that you know you can, anyone can look at the Swindon Town team and, and see that you, we've, we might have the likes of Tari Simpson there and Harry Parsons but they are really crying out for an out and out striker that is going to score you those double digits each season I'm not saying that those players can't but you'd perhaps want a little bit more of a proven goal scorer so that's what I understand Swindon are looking for at the moment it is going to be a waiting game, like you said. We know that a lot of these kind of strikers, the ones that are left available, possibly even free agents, they normally come in at the at the end of the season, at the end of the transfer window, sorry. Um, so it will be a waiting game. I'd give it probably next week. I'm, I'm expecting us to see some more action on transfers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that that brings us to your part of the press conference where you ask the questions, as you said. I haven't listened to this yet, so I'm looking forward to uh, press and play. Here we go. Obviously, you've been working with the boys a while now. You, you've got two competitive games under your belt. I think at the new ownership press conference, it was kind of just talk about the aim is to stay up this season, which, of course, is a long-term aim. But what do you expect from this squad? Uh, high standards every day. Uh, constant drive to improve. Um, a constant strive for perfection. If I'm honest, we want to improve all the time and 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 try and attain that. But the you know the the immediate aim is is to stabilise the football club. You know to get it on a strong footing again, to stay in this division and build. Um, anything on top of that will be a bonus this season. But 
our, our aim here at the training ground every day is to create a professional environment where players are constantly learning, improving, developing um, day by day. Um, and if we do that constantly as a football club, we're, we're always improving. And kind of about your own managerial style, you know, every manager brings their own identity to a football club, whether it be Richie Wellens um, with his nicknamed Wellens ball or, or John Sheridan with his longer ball tactics. What what was your identity and, and have you started to impose that on this, these players so far? Yeah, we've done that from day one, um, you know, not just me, but also the... The, the two assistants that I've brought in, we've all got very similar views on the game. Ben Chorley as well, that was you know a big part of the alignment here. So we've got a way of playing, a way of working that we will stick to. We believe in it. We believe it will be successful as we build. We believe it will help to develop um, players and um, and develop assets for the football club as well. So um, that, that will be strong throughout the season. That will remain in place. And that's um, that, that's who we are. That's our identity, and we won't be going away from that. Yeah, and you've recruited heavily, like you said, and you're happy with your recruitment now. Why is it so important to have a mix of you know youth and energy and, and kind of these experienced pros as well? Because that's the way the team seems to be setting up. Yeah, I think it's just we we want good people in the building first and foremost, which I think we've got. Um, and then obviously on top of that, we want we want good players. You're then looking at the collective. The, the mix of it, how they are, the balance of the squad, I think it's really, really good. Um, you know, the senior players are really good mentors as well. Um, you know, if you, we've got young centre-half in, in, in Rom that's come in. He can look at Matty Bowdry, how he conducts himself, how he's, his professionalism, his pre-ab, his nutrition, and he will be learning as much from that as he will do from us on the, on the coaching side. So, we think we've got a really good balance there. They've gelled very quickly, which has been pleasing. Um, and we were talking yesterday as coaching staff, we've loved every day since coming in working yeah. with these players. They want to learn, they want to improve, they want to work hard. Um, and, and that's all you can ask for is from a coaching perspective. Uh, and finally, we, we saw Clem obviously interacting with lots of fans yesterday driving around town. Does that help you in a way in the sense that it kind of takes a little bit of the limelight off yourself and, and the actual players as well as you kind of prepare for your first home game of the season I've not really thought about it from that angle to be honest I think it's just great for the club and great for the community um, you, you know like I said when when Clem came in he spoke about several of these things that he wanted to do and put in place and um, he, he's doing those things which isn't always the case in football yeah. you know people come in and say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But actions speak louder than words. And um, he backs everything that he says. He's an absolute breath of fresh air for the for the town, the community and the football club. So I think it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, we love to see it from a, from a staff and a player's perspective because it shows how much he cares about the football club and how much he wants Swindon Town to do well. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. See you. Thanks, guys. Okay, there we go. So talk me through those questions and your logic behind them. So I really wanted to start with with the season aim from Ben Garner. We heard, uh, you know, the um, press conference when Clem Morfuni did his press conference alongside Ben Chorley and Ben Garner when they were first brought into the club about how the aim is really to avoid relegation and, and to stay in the division, which is a good aim to have. Of course, you know, that is a kind of a typical aim of, of any club to push out that that kind of motive at the start of the season unless you're heavy favourites. However, I just feel after the Scunthorpe performance and after the players that Swindon have recruited, they really can do more this year. And you look at the, the teams and um, involved in the league, and I don't think any of them are 
incredibly competitive. And it, I don't think it's actually as tough a division as we've mainly seen in previous years. Um, so Ben Garner spoke about how he his immediate aim is to stabilise the football club and get it on a strong footing again. That's brilliant. That's exactly what we need. Um, he said anything other than that will be a bonus. But he also touched on how it's not about just performances on the pitch every Saturday or every Tuesday. It's about improving players and, and creating a professional environment. He did. He went heavy on that. He went heavy on the fact that he wants to create a professional environment where players are constantly learning, improving and developing. So second question I really it really had for Ben Garner was about his playing identity. You know, it might have only been a few, a couple of games, well, a couple of competitive games at least that we've seen Ben Garner in charge of. But it's important, I always feel, and for the fans especially, to kind of understand what he has plans for the team and for their performances on the pitch. I, I, I said to him about how we saw Richie Wellens kind of enact this quick, free-flowing football that was nicknamed Wellens Ball compared to John Sheridan's or he who must not be named long ball tactics or, or whatever tactics that came to his mind on a Saturday at 3pm. But Ben Garner's playing identity. I want to understand this. He didn't really touch much on the detail of it and, and what his plans were. I think that will become evident on the pitch. But he said that he's got a very strong view on the game. His So does his coach and staff. They all have very similar views on the game as well, though, however. Um, and that he has a way of working and playing that he thinks will work. He believes in it. He believes it will be successful. It will help players. And and no matter what happens this season, he was kind of strong in the point that this identity will remain in place and we won't be going away from that. Yeah. And, and that's and that's that's the right call, isn't it? Yes. It's it's easy to say it now, I guess. It, it'll probably be tested more when we get into the season. And, you know, if you go on a, on a bad patch of possibly losing three on the road, then it'll be tested a bit more. But you need a manager that is strong in his identity strongness tactics and knows exactly how he wants to play because the most successful managers no matter what division you play in or what country you play in they're the ones that are successful the ones that believe in himself and and that that will only be good for Swindon I, I do feel Ben Ben Garner then went on to talk about the squad because I wanted to understand his approach to it because if you look at the signs we've made we've made quite a few young signings in the last few weeks but we've also made a couple of more experienced signs, the likes of Anthony Grant, Ben Gladwin, these senior pros have been given contracts, along with the players already at the club, such as the likes of Jack Payne, Matthew Bowdry, Dion Conroy. Um, and I wanted to understand his, his vision for this season and why he's done that. But he, And he spoke about how it's really important to have a balance of the squad. And he, and he thinks the balance of the squad is looking really good. He said the senior players are really good mentors to the younger players. And for them, it's a great experience, not only the younger players that we've signed on permanent deals, but also on loan deals, because they can come in Look at the professionalism of them. Professionalism of them. Sorry, how do experienced players handle themselves, and that will just help them not only this season but also for the future. Ben Garner believes that he's got a really good balance in the squad. Like I said, he believes they've gelled well, and he said as a coaching staff, they've loved every single day since coming to the club, and they can't ask for any more from a coaching perspective. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? And you know, Anthony Grant is, I think, the epitome of somebody to look up to. I think he absolutely loves that role too. Um, I think on the Instagram story yesterday or Thursday, uh, our Kess put a video up of a uh, Anthony Grant rocking up in a onesie. Wasn't that lovely? <laughs> I think when you played the amount of games that Anthony Grant has done, you you can kind of rock up in that. If you were perhaps a youngster, then then I'm not sure it'd be <laughs> as appropriate. I'd be interested to see what Roy Keane thought of that. Um, <laughs> players rocking up to training in a onesie, but you know Anthony Grant can do no wrong in Swindon Swindon fans' eyes, and I think he, like you said, he really relishes that role as a mentor. He's obviously coming more to the 
to the twilight years of his career. Um, but he's certainly a good mentor and, and he can certainly do the job on the pitch still as well. You absolutely can. Any other points that... that... Really, uh, the final point that, that Bengana made was I, I, I wanted to understand how we spoke about how much engagement Clem Offerini's been doing at the moment. And we spoke about how you know Clem on tour yesterday, earlier in the podcast. But I wanted to understand how, how that helps him because from a coaching perspective and, and from a fan's point of view as well, we've not really spoke about Bengana. And we've not really spoke about the team, especially this week with everything that's been going on with Clem Morphine in this push for season ticket sales. And I, I, I just wanted to know if that's helped him. Ben Garner admitted that really he's not actually thought about that. But in a way, I guess it, it has helped him because, like I said, we've not spoke much about football. But he just touched on and reiterated this point that Clem Morphine has come in. He's a breath of fresh air for this club. He's came into the club. He said a list of things that he wants to achieve and he wants to do. And... And and Bengana touched on how that isn't always the case in football because people can come in, say they're going to do things, but actions speak louder than words. And and he said that everything Clem does, Clem does is a breath of fresh air for the town, the community, and the football club. And also that it's fantastic from a staff point of view because it it, it shows them how much the owner cares about the club and how much he wants Swindon Town to do well. And I suppose as a as a manager, knowing that you've got an owner that is there not just from a financial point of view to try and make a quick buck but to try and actually drive the club forward makes you want to manage there and, and also makes players want to play there and want to come to the club as well. But we are still in the honeymoon period. We are still in the honeymoon period. Of course, you know, it's easy to get carried away, but I think you look at, it's an easy point of view. Look at, look at how many owners have ever driven a bus around town to try and generate season ticket sales. You know, does that happen a lot? I can't <laughs> name another owner. And that shows his kind of commitment I, I really do feel to the club and um, I've spoke to Clem now a couple of times. Of course, I'm sure many people saw our video with him yesterday. He, he seems, he does really seem genuine. He can be genuine all he wants, but like I said, it will, the results will matter and, and what he does going forward, especially when the club go through a tough spell will matter. But I think this is only a good thing. And I, and I for one, as, as a Swindon Town journalist, you know, I'm, I'm really confident that this is the right owner to take the club forward. Yeah. Okay, that's lovely. Okay, so Carlisle, just about to listen to their fan now, but what are we saying in predictions? Because we're rubbish at predictions, man. You, you predicted a loss last week. I predicted a a, a draw. Yes. Most of me wants me to do the same again in the hope that I'm thoroughly wrong. What are you going for? I, I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to get one right this week. So if anyone's listening to me for their Saturday accumulators, maybe listen or actually probably don't. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to go for a Swindon Town 2-0 win. Wow, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, 2-1 Swindon. There we go. 2-1 Swindon. Ryan, thank you very much. Rich, thank you for having me on. Pleasure as always. Hi, I'm Colin Calderwood and welcome to the Loathe Strangers podcast. Hello, Lee. Hello. Hello. Good to, good to be on your pod uh, discussing all things Carl United and Swindon this weekend. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I mean, let's start with your podcast. Tell me about the Brunton Bugle. Yeah, we, we sort of we started it off. Funny enough, we actually started it probably four or five years ago under a different name, but we only sort of did maybe five or six episodes. And we tried to do ones where we recorded stuff on a match day, and it was good, but it, it was a bit of a pain to put together, and it, it sort of died off for a couple of seasons. And then obviously COVID and the lockdown all kicks in, and we thought we need something to keep ourselves sort of entertained and talk about all things Kai United. So me and a couple of my mates, Dan and Mike, said, well, why don't we do a podcast? Why don't we revive the podcast we'd started off? So we did, and we managed to find like an online studio to use and some 
posting things for it and basically we just started talking about all things kind of in retro almost at first and other things like that and and people really took to it and people really i mean we've got we've got this thing that shows you where our listeners are we've got listeners all over the world indonesia costa rica australia new zealand india i think we have one in kenya at one point one in chile i mean <laughs> everywhere you can imagine that you wouldn't think kind fans would be they've been listening to us and it's, it's been really really good and we've managed to get a couple of players for interviews as well and and yeah so it's the, the the name brunton bugle comes from there was a like a i don't know if you remember there used to be like sort of almost like newspapers i think that were like that clubs would run after games and stuff you know with stories and in the car united one i think in the early 90s was called the brunton bugle so so yeah it, it's um it's been it's been enjoyable. I think we've done under the Brittany Bugle guys at least. We've done about sixty episodes now over the last year, so it's kept kept me busy at least anyway during all the lockdowns. <laughs> oh man, I love looking at the uh, the uh, the nation stats. Yeah, um, I just and sometimes you get sort of cynical like with like bots and things like that. But I have one loyal listener at least in Bermuda every <laughs> week. One listen in Bermuda, and if they're listening. I love you because it's just such a weird thought here and you're knowing that your voice is being heard in, in all these far reach places, isn't it? Um, let's talk Carlisle United and something when we recorded for your pod that you were keen to discuss and I'm no different is Harry McCurdy, um, who's just signed for us from a, from Port Vale, a, a decent enough start. He scored on his debut and, you know, reviews of that he was a little bit wasteful in the cup against Cambridge. Talk to me about Harry McCurdy and be honest. He's a player I genuinely think has got the ability to play at championship level comfortably. He's when he first arrived, he's, he's just, he looked a scrawny little kid. He had the the whole Jack Grealish with his socks down by his ankles rather than up his calves. He he wears shorts that are ridiculously too short for him as well. Um, but. He was exciting and he would get the ball and he'd run at plays and he had an incredible pace. I, I don't know if you remember in his first season, well, in his season with us, he, he played against you guys thinking like, your, I think we played you in your first home game of that season, yeah. the second game. And he tore your right back apart for much of the game. He had a brilliant match. I mean, we still lost the game 3-2, I think. Um, Canise Carroll getting sent off funny enough in that game. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he... He had so much ability and he was an exciting player. And we played against Dulwich Hamlet in the Cup and it was on BBC One. And he was man of the match in that game. I think they were all hoping for this big cup upset and he ran the show, basically. It was great. But but yeah, it's there's a, there's a problem with his personality, I think it's fair to say. Um, it didn't wind me up as much as some of our fans, but some of his behaviour, he was doing things like doing the old shush sign on Instagram stories to the fans and... He like like I think I t- told you we played Walsall round about New Year's. Um, I think he came on as a sub in that game and he scored two goals to basically win us the game. We were one nil down and he scored the winner in injury time and he refused to celebrate the goal. He basically and he made a, it wasn't like oh you know he just running off to celebrate to get back. He made a point of the fact that he would the players were trying to drag him towards the fans and he was like no I'm not having it not having it. He got a bit of abuse after the game for that. I think he got some abuse because he'd he'd been giving the fans some stick at games for not getting behind the team and these were games where they weren't playing well so they didn't they weren't really earning the right to get the support <laughs> to be honest. So he's he's a divisive character to say the least. I think some of our fans still quite like him and think he was good. I think a lot of our fans don't because of his attitude. But if he can knuckle down, yeah, he could he could genuinely be a really really good player. 
he will bang on about the fact that he supports Chelsea all the time as well on, the, on his social feeds and stuff like that. I think that wound up some fans. You're thinking, are you are you a professional footballer? Are you a professional football fan? That 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 was the question. I think it's probably fair to say Swindon is his last chance alone in the, the football league. He really needs to show that he can do it now. And I mean, I, I hope he does. I, I really do hope he does. I've got no real personal problem with him. Some of our fans, like I said, don't really like him, but. Nailed on, he'll score at the weekend. <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah, that, I can't believe that 3-2 was almost two years... Well, I think it was yeah, two years ago, pretty yeah. much to the day. I mean, yeah. I remember it well because I remember the first half was quite, you know... Level, I think it was nil-nil at halftime and then it all went crazy in the second. But, um, yeah, we scored right at the end and then your lad came on for his debut and scored with the last kick of the game. Segaf, wasn't it? Segaf, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, yeah. A, he's a Dagenham now. He's another one who apparently had a bit of an attitude problem off the uh, pitch. So, there you go. Never mind. Okay, well, well, we'll turn our attention to Carlisle of 2021. So you've got a similar setup than what we have now in, in the sense that you have and have had for a while a director of football with a head coach. So David Holdsworth, who many Swindon fans will remember for scoring own goals against us in the, uh, or for us um, in the 90s, and Chris Beach, Old Blackpool players, your head coach. How how's that setup worked for you? Oh, hmm. it, it, that again. That's something that's quite divisive amongst our fans. Beach is generally very popular. I think some fans have got some concerns about the way we collapsed last season. Yes, we can probably use COVID as a fairly decent excuse, but he was quite inflexible in, in making changes in that second half season when things were going wrong. There were some games where he wouldn't make substitutions until like the eighty fifth minute or something like that when we were trying to chase a game um Holdsworth Holdsworth's an interesting one so he was brought in as a director of football about four three or four years ago maybe now he although the club don't say he was essentially imposed on the club because basically as a club we, we always seem to run with a debt of around about two million it's a, it's a debt that just sits there nothing happens of it it's not really one to be concerned about but it sort of moves about as to who owns the debt so previously it was our owner andrew jenkins company pioneer and himself andrew jenkins who's in his 80s and you know he's a dedicated club man he's been involved with the club for like 60 odd years now brilliant guy but you know he's not he's getting on he, he can't really be justifying having that amount of money sat on his company that employs quite a lot of people locally. So the the money was moved over effectively to um, Edinburgh Woolen Mill. You might recognise yeah, their shops yeah, yeah. Or, or did recognise their shops. They went bust during the pandemic. Um, so they're basically a company that's based quite near to Carlisle. I, I, know, I appreciate this is quite a long convoluted story, but it needs to be explained. Um, so to make sure that money was being used, you know, this loan facility they gave us, Edinburgh Woolen Mill, was being used properly, Holdsworth was effectively pushed into the position of being director of football and the money for his wage was ring-fenced by Edinburgh Willemill. They effectively paid it. It's a guy called Philip Day who lives locally and, well, did live locally. I think he lives out in Dubai or somewhere now anyway. So Holdsworth essentially was imposed on us and wasn't overly popular with the fans because one season, basically, we were only handing out one-year contracts. That season, actually, funny enough, when McCurdy came in and the result was the quality of our squad was not great because what kind of a player wants to come for the secu- up to Carl after the security of one-year deal? Not a great player, let's, let's just put it that way. Um, that was sort of loosened once we sort of sorted out a few of the debt issues and reduced the losses. And last season, we were able to actually make some better recruitment as a result. But essentially, he's very quick to speak out Holdsworth when things are going great. 
when things were going badly in the second half last season, we didn't hear from him for a long time. And that's, I think, what winds fans up a little bit. So I don't think a lot of fans have got an issue with having a director of football. I think the problem is who the director of football is and the fact that he's been imposed on the club is is the big problem, really. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting setup. But I think I mean, Beach is de facto manager, basically. There's no sense that Holdsworth is signing players who Beach doesn't want anyway. Let's put it that yeah. way. Fair enough. Okay. Well, a fair few left, Carlo, over the summer. And, you know, looking around the leagues, you, you do get this sort of exodus and most teams seem to be building slowly. And that seems to be the case for you guys. But, you know, two interesting forward options coming in in Zach Clough and Tristan Abrahams, both both of which, you know, lower league football fans will know all about. Clough had huge potential when yeah. he was at Bolton. Yeah, I mean, Clough... Look fantastic in preseason. He really, really did it. We thought, wow, we've got a real gem here. You know, one of these players who could potentially lift us from being that club that finished mid-table last season to one that's going to finish in the playoffs. Unfortunately, he pulled up in the warm-up uh, against um, Colchester last weekend. He, he he picked up a slight knock against Halifax in our last preseason friendly. So there was always going to be a bit of concern. So when he was named in the team, we were all like, oh, okay, maybe he's fit now. But like I said, in the, in the warm, he clearly wasn't comfortable, so he pulled up. So Beecher suggested that he he's touch and go for this weekend. He didn't play last night in the League Cup game, but for the Swindon game, he said he, he might be ready for that. It's one of those ones that they don't want to risk him because they don't want him pulling his hamstring and being out for months on end, really. That, that's that's the key thing here. Um, Abraham's an interesting one. In pre-season... It looked like him and Clough were getting a really good understanding and he was a player who was going to benefit from Clough's ability to, you know, play little through balls and things like that. But with Clough out of the team, last well, game against Colchester, he looked a little bit lost. He didn't really look like he, he knew what his role was. We, we basically had to change our entire tactics when Clough was, was dropped because last season we were, were quite a direct side, not in the sense of a long ball, but basically we just got the ball forward to the attackers quickly and then we played our football in the final third. That's the way we played last season. And it was incredibly effective. I mean, we had the most shots in the division, despite the fact we had a horrendous run in the second half of the campaign. Um, but yeah, so we, our new sort of way of playing is centred around Clough, I think, playing as a number 10. And we didn't really have a number 10 last season. That's sort of midfield three and a front three. Um, so him coming out of the team instantly means, oh, well, we've got to play a different way now. We went back to the way we played last season. We don't have the players really to do that now. We don't really have any big men up front they're much shorter so yeah it's it, it'll be interesting to see how Abraham's gets on so far he's he's not looked quite as sharp but I think that's probably partly because Clough came out of the team but that's the risk of I suppose building your team around one real key star player potentially he can go belly up if he if he gets injured yeah, it really can, and something that we've experienced over time, that's for sure. Your opening game of the season was a nil-nil at Colchester, who seemed to be rebuilding quite well. I mean, they brought in a handful of you know really experienced Ipswich players, for 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 example. What what was the reaction to that draw? Um, the first thing people said was we need a striker. Basically, <laughs> that was the thing that stood out from it. I mean, I think norm in any other situation, the fans would have been. I think a bit disappointed drawing nil nil with Colchester. Yes, they've rebuilt, but they they're quite an old squad when you look at it, and they and they look like they could have been got out with a bit of pace. There's a couple of times they got in behind with pace, but before the game, obviously I mentioned the fact that Clough pulled out literally in the warm up. And we had to change the, the team. There was also we had a bit of disruption the day before in that Moneybags Rexon came in and basically mm. bid for our vice captain, who's a you know a vital part of our defence. He's been 
brilliant over the last two years since he joined us, Aaron Hayden, that is. Um, and yeah, as a result, the, the rumour came out about the fact that he was potentially heading there and they thought, well, we can't pick him now. I, I, I imagine they probably were going to pick him yeah. if the rumour hadn't emerged. So the club basically on the morning, the, the game said, we can confirm there's been a bid for Aaron Hayden. Um, we won't be saying anything on it until after the game. Team sheet comes out on shock horror. No, no Hayden in the team. Not a massive oh. surprise, but we all expected that. So we basically had to change the defence for the game as well. And the two lads who played in defence, McDonald and Whelan, were excellent. No issues at all. They they had a great game. They kept Frank Nuble very very quiet. He barely had a sniff. Freddie Sears similar. So yeah, it, it it's it's one of those ones. I think most fans were like, look, circumstances. We should have won the game. We we had four or five brilliant chances. Shamal George in net for them made some great saves. A player who was on loan with us a few years ago wasn't as good as that for us. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was one of those ones. I think a lot of fans look and say, "Look, circumstances are. Let's just take the point, clean sheet, and move on." But let's get a striker in. I think that's what most fans are wanting us to use the money we've got from Hayden going to Wrexham on a striker. I think because actually we've shown defensively. We've probably got enough cover there. If we really need to bring another one in, let's just get a loan signing in as a defender and just let's spend some money on a decent striker. Yeah, we we had Shamel George on trial in about 2019 and that looked like that was a trial for almost certain loan and we had him for a while. Yeah. And then we said no and we ended up with Stephen Bender but, and that was a fantastic signing, but I think there was a bit of bad blood um, with him. But, you know, he's... He, he seems to be forging an all right yeah, little um, EFL well. career now for him. So fair play. Okay. Well, before we go, how how do you expect to set up um, against us at the week? Who should we look out for? Well, it'll be interesting because we we made quite a few changes in midweek and we get, gave a lot of our. We're relying heavily on well, not heavily, but we're really pushing the whole um, um, youngsters in the squad coming through from the youth setup at the moment. And we've got some really exciting players there, so we brought a lot of them in for midweek for the cup game. So. We, I don't. I imagine we'll probably change back to more or less what we played against Colchester, and maybe some little tweaks. So it'll be Magnus Norbin in nets, uh, former Fulham keeper. He he seems okay from what we've seen him in so far. Um, in defence, George Tanner right back. We signed him. He got released by Man United last season, start of last season. Signed him. He's been a brilliant player. For his really really exciting fullback. He gets up and down the pitch. He's a. You can see he's been trained well. Basically, obviously a top Premier League club. Uh, left back, we've got Jack Armour, who we signed from Preston. And I think Preston fans were quite surprised he got let go by them last year. And he's been great since he came in. He, he had a really good first season of professional. Centre-back is where we're not. I'm not 100% because that's obviously where we lost Hayden. But we played Rod McDonald and Corey Whelan. Corey Whelan was ex-Liverpool under 23. Um, he looks a really good sign for us. But um, Beach did say he didn't bring Whelan in to play centre-back. I think he more saw him as a sort of full-back or somebody who could potentially play in midfield. So whether he'll stick with him or not, or bring Morgan Feeney in, who looks a really exciting prospect too, I don't know. Midfield pretty much picks itself at the moment because it's the midfield we had for most of last season. It's um, Callum Guy sort of sitting there holding in midfield. He's a real quality player. Colchester kept him very quiet last week and that made a big difference. So if you guys can keep Callum Guy quiet, I think that would be potentially what can help you win the game. Um, not to give away any hints there, even. Alongside him, you've got Joe Riley. You might remember him. He made his debut in the same game that Marcus Rashford did for Manchester yeah, United. United. Yeah, yeah and he's a, before he came to us, he'd only played, I think, something like 6, 12 professional games, something like that. He played like pretty much every game for us last season and in midfield, which he'd never played before. He's always been a fullback. 
before he comes to us. Uh, he's an exciting, sort of busy little player, gets about the pitch. And then Big John Mellish, um, quite the revelation, John, I think it's fair to say. Uh, no one expected him to do as well as he did last season. We signed him two years ago from Gateshead as a centre-back. He was voted the best young player in the, co- in the National League uh, the season we signed him. Uh, he never really got a chance to play at centre-back. He played at left-back filling in at the start of the season. And then we sort of, we were settled at centre-back. So we only played maybe two or three games there. Beach took over as manager and he said, I was going to release him if he was a defender. But then he played him in a, a reserve friendly game against Kendall Town and he scored a hat-trick from midfield. He thought, all right, let's have a look at you in the first team in midfield. Didn't really get his chance because COVID struck. But then the following season, we extended his deal and he played in midfield and took a few games to get him up to speed. But suddenly he just started scoring goals and he scored 17 over the season which none of us saw coming at all. <laughs> he's, he's agricultural, to say the least. He's not he's not <laughs> yes. a finessed sort of player, but he's got this incredible knack of getting into the box at the right time and getting on the end of things and finishing them off. I mean, he could have had a hat-trick against Colchester if George hadn't had such, such a great game. Um, so yeah, he's, he's, def- he's probably one I'd say definitely to watch out for because he's not scored yet this season and he's he's looked close in, in the couple of games so far. Up front, I, I genuinely can't work out what we'll do because we, we looked a bit hit and miss last week. I mean, we played a front three of Tristan Abrams on the right, uh, Lewis Alessandra down the middle, although them two sort of interchanged a little bit. And then down the left, we had Brennan Dickinson, ex, uh, Exeter and Colchester player. Um, they they look okay, but they don't didn't really look like they were going to score. So that's where people are like, well, we might well get a strike in before the weekend. I know the club are definitely working on it. But there's Manny Mampala we signed from QPR in the summer. He was ex-Everton under 23. He he played last night. He looked quite exciting. He's got something about him, but he looks very raw as well. So up front, I'm not sure. I think he might make tweaks there, but it's, it's very, very hard to tell. It's it's, it's one of those ones. That's the, probably one area where he's going to make potentially changes. But I wouldn't be totally amazed if he picked the same 11 as he did against Colchester. Well, wonderfully thorough. And isn't the name John Mellish just... just built to have big before it big John Mellish uh, when you see him as well he, <laughs> he, he's, he doesn't look a typical midfielder he, he's lost a bit of weight actually over the last couple of seasons he looks a lot better in better trim but he's a big he's, he must be about six foot two six foot three and he's a big sort of stocky lad and like I said he'll bulldoze his way around the pitch he'll bang into people he doesn't care he's he's a little bit of a almost like schoolboy footballer but that's almost what makes him so good because he just gets he just gets into places you wouldn't expect Lovely. Okay, well, I, I don't wish you any luck over the weekend, <laughs> but what what prediction are you going for? Uh, well, you know what? I think it's about time we sort of got ourselves a, a win at the start of the season. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Obviously, McCurdy's going to score the goals for you, but I'd expect goals for us from probably Dickinson and Mellish, I would go for. There we go. Okay, well, Lee, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. No, thank you very much. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music provided within episodes of The Presser are by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. The podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. 
there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.